All right, thank you very much, gentlemen. And right now, let's move on to our next live guest. We've got George O'Connor, Director of Communications for OIDA, joining us. And uh, George, first off, thanks so much for joining us. Really good to see you, fellas. Good to, good to have you on as well. We've got a number of subjects we want to get to here. Uh, I'd like to start off with autonomous trucking. And uh, the kind of, the, there was a, uh, I guess, not necessarily a show, certainly not a show of good faith uh, by the House Highway and Transit Subcommittee holding a hearing about the future of, uh, of autonomous trucks and not inviting a truck driver essentially to that as well. Um, not the best work, not the best move in faith, but uh, looking at that particular issue, uh, obviously this is, a, this is a major point of contention for a lot of people, both drivers uh, and of course the tech industry, and then of course as well, uh, the, uh, the, the carriers as well. What right now do you look at this situation? How do you comment on it at the moment? Yeah, so um, beyond just not uh, inviting a driver or anyone representing the driving community, uh, as a witness on the, the witness panel to provide uh, a voice for, for the drivers who will have their jobs affected by this technology one way or another. Um, during National Truck Driver Awareness Week is adding insult to injury, an absolute slap in the face to the 150,000 small business truck drivers that we represent and are going to be affected by this technology in one way or another voicing concerns or even possibilities of where this could be helpful is really important coming from the driver community because these are the men and women on the road every single day keeping the supply chain going. And I guess that's almost a, from a messaging standpoint as well. If you're having Driver Appreciation Week and you have growing concerns about automation and jobs being replaced, Oh, do you think that's a situation where maybe it's, a, it's an own goal by some of our committees by not saying, there's an opportunity to invite these drivers and at least have some concerns because at least from my personal experience, it does feel there's a big disconnect between the tech companies who are creating this software and the high hopes and expectations, but the hesitancy from the actual drivers. And there's not a lot of good messaging to tell them which way because it, it can feel like maybe next week I'll lose my job or maybe I'll still have a job but just doing local work. Well, you know, you're, you're exactly right. And, you know, this goes beyond you know, fairness or even the, the PR and imagery of, of what this hearing was about. Um, and it actually gets into some technical issues, too, because, you know, drivers know a heck of a lot more about the uh, transporting of hazardous materials than, you know, a representative from the tech industry. Well, because they deal with it every day. There are, there, you know, that's a whole sector of what our folks deal with. So having a voice that could maybe go into detail about, you know, these are the things that y'all need to be working on and thinking about before you get ahead of yourselves with you know, a framework in, in some way of, of AV technology. And think, I mean, just think about it this way. And, and one member actually did bring it up, a member of Congress, not any of the panelists, um, is we're on this these dual paths towards autonomous vehicles as well as electric vehicles in the trucking sector. Well, these massive, massive lithium-ion batteries, you know, 16,000 pounds if you have two of them in a, in a semi, that is hazardous material. Like, so there was, seemed to be consensus among the panelists that, oh yeah, maybe AV trucks are not the way to transport hazardous material. Well, if you have an EV truck, you're necessarily transporting hazardous material. If anyone has seen, you know, the videos of these trucks catching on fire, they just let them burn out. Like the local first responders do not know how to, they don't have the 
resources, knowledge, capacity to deal with this kind of stuff. So having the, the voices from truck drivers that can raise these concerns and provide another perspective for members of Congress who are going to be writing laws potentially about, about this stuff is incredibly important and really was a missed opportunity by the committee to get a full perspective from industry. Hopefully we'll get a chance to, to round out that representation in future hearings uh, to come. Uh, let's move on. You guys had a chance to, to respond here to uh, uh, Craig Fuller's article about the driver shortage not being real at this particular point. Uh, obviously, you know, we've been talking about this for, you know, at least since the ATA has been hammering out 80,000 80, jobs need to be filled and so forth. How do you look at it uh, from, from a quote-unquote driver shortage standpoint? Well, that's exactly right, the quote-unquote driver shortage, because that information, as I think Dooner actually pointed out either today or yesterday on his show, it's not actually government data that uh, the folks that are perpetrating that, uh, what we would call a myth, uh, are it's not based on government data. It's based on a survey of their own members who pretty much are saying, yeah, we kind of want more, more drivers to flood the market so that uh, we don't have to pay them as much, essentially. I'm summarizing, but that's pretty much where they're coming from. Um, and that narrative, to be quite frank, from some of the folks on the panel yesterday was the foundation that they were building their arguments for the need for more autonomous vehicles and more, more autonomous trucks. Because the, the narrative is, well, we're short 80,000. Well, it's, it's not true. And if that's your the underlying argument for we need more AV trucks to somehow fill this gap that doesn't exist, well, the argument fails uh, from a labor perspective. So, um, you know, there are a lot of questions about this stuff. And I think, and Craig, using y'all's own proprietary information, sonar, uh, points, picks holes in their argument left and right. And we've seen it for years. I mean, they'll, they'll tell you we need X million, you know, 10 years from now. How the heck do you know that? <laughs> the market's yeah. going to look a lot different. <laughs> and they've been saying, we've got a whole sheet side by side what they what these other folks were saying in let's say 2012 and what the actual data says they're wrong they've been wrong consistently they've got a narrative out there to drive down labor costs and it hurts our members and that's why we're fighting back on it i think you bring up a great point it's incentives uh, i first worked at a multi-billion dollar mega carrier that was an ata member and if you did ask the recruiting department, oh, there was a shortage because we needed a 95% turnover. I had to fill that bucket. But it's incredibly misleading because with data, if we were in a shortage, rates would be great. We wouldn't be having conversations. But speaking of shortages, while we have a little bit of time left, Pete Buttigieg, uh, Secretary of Transportation Secretary, obviously going over in South Dakota, talking about the parking shortage. I've seen this come off and on uh, one spot for every 11 drivers. Uh, what are some of Oida's thoughts? Because I, I definitely feel like it's a, it's a thorny issue that hasn't really had much resolution in the past decade or two. So I, I tell you what, um, the, there was a grant announced in South Dakota, just outside Sioux Falls in Salem on westbound um, I-90. And it's 11 spaces, but it's pavement. And that's the important thing. You know, what we hear from drivers every single day is we just need more pavement. We don't need, you know, signage that's, that's going to tell you that there's no parking here. That's not helpful if you're looking for a spot at the end of the day. That's not helpful. We want more pavement. So that the important thing about those grants, uh, that grant and the grant that FMCSA and uh, DOT announced $80 million more that are going to truck parking um, just the just yesterday is that it's pavement for drivers. This is this is pavement for uh, for, for parking. That's all we want. 
And uh, this is a good first step. There's legislation in the House and the Senate uh, that's bipartisan, something that is very difficult to, to get these days in Congress, that would expand truck parking throughout the country. Dedicated money, $750 million over three years to do one thing, expand pavement. Not signage, not a government-run app that's going to show you where there's no parking, just <laughs> pavement. And really quick before uh, we let you go, uh, Congress, Election Day, obviously we have uh, in bills trying to go through. I talked with Wiley Deck. He said maybe October if we see any more transportation-related stuff before everyone goes into re-election mode. Anything that we may see passing, anything we may pay attention to uh, coming up, or will nothing pass? Well, I'll tell you what, truck parking. Uh, I don't, I don't, I, I, I tell you what, I'm not calling it or anything like that because this has been an issue we've been fighting for for literally over a decade. So I don't, you know, not calling the shot there, but we're at a point in time where the political stars actually have aligned. And again, bipartisan bill in the House, bipartisan bill in the Senate, and actually going into an election season where we've got someone in the White House that actually probably wants to do some good for for the, the working class voters, for uh, the industrial folks. Like, it, it, it certainly makes sense at this point in time. So one thing that anyone watching here and all of our members have been doing is talk to your members of Congress. Tell them that you want more parking because it's incredibly important. And you can go to fightingfortruckers.com. We can hook you up exactly with where your member is and uh, you'll be able to just write a letter to them, give them a phone call and say, hey, support the truck parking bill. George O'Connor, thanks so much for joining us and I look forward to another visit next month. Hey, sure thing, guys. Great to join you. George O'Connor, the Director of Communications for Owida, joining us here. Now we'll take a short break. We'll come back and wrap up this edition of the first hour of Freightways Now after this.